You're listening to the Beginning of Wisdom podcast with Andrew Schumacher. Beginning of Wisdom seeks to engage in theology and apologetics in the sight of God. You can learn more at beginningwisdom.org. Welcome to the Beginning of Wisdom Live. I'm Andrew Schumacher. Uh, looking forward to tonight's episode. We're going to be talking about the Christian approach to the law, the biblical approach to the law, and how um, just how it is that we as believers are to approach that subject. Um, what is the Christian relationship to the law of Moses? Um, this is the third part in a series on this topic, and yeah, just really excited to jump in and talk to you a little bit about it. So we are going to be looking at, um, so just kind of give you a, uh, itch up to speed on where we're at right now. Um, we, last week we looked at the book of Genesis and um, prior to that, it was just sort of some setting the stage kind of stuff. But uh, last week we looked at the book of Genesis and, and what we're going to be doing is sort of a biblical theology approach to the law. And what that means is we're going to be looking at texts and patterns in the text um, and not not so much, you know, here's a, a uh, theological you know, thesis, and we're going to defend this thesis. Now, there is one. Um, there is sort of a summary statement because I think it helps so you have an idea of where we're going and where, where I'm coming from on it. But um, it isn't so much, you know, here's here's the position and here's a bunch of text to, to prove it. Rather, what we're going to be doing is, is just building it up, and, and we're starting at the beginning, of course. We're starting right there in the Torah. And so last week, start, last week we started with Genesis, and um, looked at and saw some patterns there. This week, we are going to be talking about distinctions within the law. Before we jump in, I want to uh, let you guys know we had a, um, as you guys, as you know, just before I jump back into this series last week, we did a couple of videos on uh, Zach Bauer and New Tutora and his. Uh, what he was doing, um, responding to Todd Friel on the uh, on what he said about the Hebrew Roots movement. Um, since I did those two videos, um, Zach did come out with one more video this week. But uh, I, you know, I, I probably will respond to it at some point. He mentioned in that video he's probably got one more still. So uh, since it, uh, we can get through more than one video in an episode. I'm going to hold off and wait for him to do that last video before I, I do any response to what he's put out since we finished that series. I, I'm I'm curious. I, I really am. If um, if he's ever going to come back, you know, he says he's responding. He's going, you know, doing all these clips of Todd Frill and he's responding to everything he said, except he 
As we saw, when it came to the issue of the Sabbath, he did not respond to everything Todd Frill says. So I, I'm curious if, by the end of the series, if he'll even acknowledge what he said on the issue of the Sabbath. So uh, if you don't know all the details on that, go back and watch those videos. Um, but for this week, we are going to jump into just the, uh, the law, and um, we're going to talk about distinctions in the law. So um, as before, I've got some stuff I'm going to be putting up on the screen, but I will be going through it all pretty much verbally as well. So I'll just help you have something to, to track with me on. But also, uh, you know, if you're if you're listening via podcast, you're not really missing much where I'm not just showing something and not talking about it. So let's go ahead and, and kind of walk through this. So just to once again recap but but a little more detail here so we talked about how genesis last week we talked about genesis how it presents sins as mostly regarding commands that it doesn't record as commands we, we saw that most of the time that something is regarded as as a sin there's not a corresponding command explicitly in the text um and but but for things that we definitely all consider sins today uh, genesis also presents many commands that are clearly intended only for specific audience at specific time and there's very little overlap um, there's one very obvious overlap in in the the incident in, in genesis 3 and the the fruit and and all of that but um outside of that there's very little um now that's i think that all of those things are important that there's a little bit of overlap but there's also a lot of differences between, you know, things that are regarded as sin and, and these other commands. And and uh, and that begins to speak to us about distinctions. Um, uh, so Genesis sets us up to, to start seeing those distinctions as, as we're going to talk about today. Now, the main point today, um, we're going to be we're not going to be diving into you know, the specific like moral, ceremonial, civil stuff just yet. Um, there's one more piece of, of groundwork. Really what I want to just establish for you is that distinctions exist in the first place. There are distinctions. And so it's important to to know that. Um, but and, and that's really what we're going to talk about today and, and a, a hierarchy within the law. We're going to establish that first and then we're going to jump into the specifics in in the Torah, you know, regarding specific laws and how we know what those things are. Um, scripture, the way it, Scripture divides up these different kinds of law, one of the ways that it does that, which we're going to, we are going to look at today, is that hierarchy. So um, we are going to be doing that primarily by looking at prophets and at the words of Jesus himself in regards to those, uh, those issues. So let's uh, let's first start by talking about one of the prophets. So, First uh, Samuel, Samuel. Uh, this is an event right after um, Saul uh, offers a sacrifice, a burnt offering, just before battle. He was waiting for Samuel to show up. When he thought it had been too long, he went ahead and made a sacrifice. And this is what Samuel says in First Samuel fifteen twenty two. Says then Samuel said, "Is there much delight for Yahweh in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as there is in obeying Yahweh? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice; to give heed 
than the fat of rams. So what's happening here, you know, Saul has disobeyed a command regarding sacrifice. Um, he's not a priest, yet he has made a burnt offering. And Samuel doesn't, it's interesting that when Samuel condemns this, he doesn't say, well, he, he says you've, you know, you've done what's unlawful, but he doesn't specifically say, you're not a priest, therefore you shouldn't do this. He goes deeper. He goes to the deeper issue and says that obedience is more important to God than sacrifices. Then, you know, look, God, here's what I gave you. Like, God doesn't care about that as much as he cares about obedience. Um, so there are differences because we know that sacrifice is part of the law. Um, sacrifice in general, I mean, it obviously not done this way, but doing it is is part of the law. Um, but he says obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, then he goes on. Uh, then we have uh, Psalm uh, 51. This is uh, Psalm of David. Um, David says, uh, this is going to be verse 4 and then 16 and 17. It says, against you, only you have I sinned and I have, and have done this evil in your eyes. Um, so you are correct when you speak. You are blameless when you judge. For you do not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. With a burnt offering, you are not pleased. The sacrifices of God are broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, Oh God, you will not despise. Um, so here David, this is after Bathsheba, after committing murder, killing Uriah. Um, David here has committed murder, and there is no sacrifice for murder. There's no, you know, nothing in the law that says, okay, if you offer this kind of sacrifice, then you're good. Um, the, the penalty for murder is your death. But he said, David understands as Samuel did, that true sacrifice comes from a contrite heart toward God. That's the sort of sacrifice that, that he understands God really wants. He doesn't, you know, the other stuff is, is good, but it's not the main thing. And again, sacrifices are, more, are part of the law, but there are more important parts of the law. So, so we have this example with David. Um, and we have this example with, with Saul. And then we go forward to Isaiah. So Isaiah, this is the beginning. You know, this is Isaiah chapter 1. And the people are in rebellion, open rebellion against God. Um, but they still do their sacrifices. They still do all their stuff. But Isaiah, he, he expands this uh, beyond just sacrifice. And this is a very, very powerful um, section here. So I'm going to read it a little bit longer. This is Isaiah 1, verse 11 through 15. Isaiah says, What is the abundance of your sacrifice to me, says Yahweh? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals, and I do not delight in the blood of bulls and ram, lambs, and goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked for this from your hand? You trampling my courts. You must not continue to bring offerings of futility, incense. It is, abomin is an abomination to me. 
new moon and Sabbath, the calling of a convocation. I do. I cannot endure iniquity with solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed festivals, my soul hates. They have become to me like a burden. I am not able to bear them. And when you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not be listening. Your hands are full of blood. So Isaiah is no longer just talking about sacrifice. He's talking about festivals. He's even talking about prayers. Um, and, and it shows that the main thing, that the issue is mercy and justice and faithfulness. These, these things are more important than not just sacrifice, but all of the religious observances. He, he puts, you know, he puts the, all the festivals, the Sabbaths, the moon moons, even prayers, you know, and, and I think that this is important to understand that, that this isn't just about, you know, is something found in the law of Moses and, and are we trying to get rid of it? No, there's a, there is a distinct difference of importance between obeying God in the realms of mercy and justice than in doing these religious things. And that distinction also shows that these religious festivals and Sabbaths and, and prayers and things like that, those aren't about justice. Um, those aren't about mercy. Those are about, you know, just, you know, our relationship with God and, and things like that. But, but they aren't in themselves, you know, those main things. Now, um, Jesus Again, so so we've kind of come through earliest prophets, you know, earlier prophets with Samuel coming through to Isaiah. Now we're now we're into the, the New Testament and we're we're going to see what Jesus has to say. So it says, Jesus answered and said to him, I performed one work. And this is uh, John 7, 21 through 24. Jesus answered and said to him, I performed one work and you are all astonished. Because of this, Moses has given you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses would not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a whole man well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to outward appearance, but judge according to righteous judgment. So, what are the what are the issues at, at, in play here? We're, we're talking about circumcision, which according to the law of Moses must happen on the eighth day, whereas the Sabbath happens, you know, every seven days. Sometimes those two things are going to conflict. Sometimes you're going to have the eighth day of of a male child's life fall on the Sabbath. So sometimes it is impossible to keep two commandments at the same time. They do conflict, but there's not it's not considered a a conflict or contradiction in the law. It's just some things are more important than others. Um and and they just they they readily understand that. So Jesus points out that the Jews consider circumcision on the 8th day to be more important than the Sabbath, and they will perform this work even on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is less important than circumcision 
in the law and to Jesus healing someone, which he does call a work, is more important than the Sabbath. I mean, if we look at that, what did, what did he say? Jesus said in verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, I performed one work and you are all astonished. So Jesus did something. He healed someone on the Sabbath and they were all astonished by this. And so, so here we see, um, we begin to see some, some very important things that, that you can have conflicts that, that it really, there really are some laws that you can't keep both of them at the same time. And that's not, that's, that's, that's a feature, not a bug. So they say, you know, it's, it's, it's not an accident. It's not something that's, you know, a problem. It's just understood that some things are more important than other things. And, and it's interesting when you hear teaching from uh, folks who, you know, who believe we, we need to observe Torah the same way that, that the Israelites did. It's very interesting to me that, um, you know, you, you hear Sabbath is, is exalted. You know, you hear erroneous teaching that because, you know, the the seventh day is, is and God rested on the seventh day and this is all you know there right there in Genesis that that the Sabbath is not something just given to Israel but it was there from the beginning and certainly there was you know God you know when he created the world he rested on the seventh day he set it apart as holy this is all true but there's no command given to men until Moses that they should keep the Sabbath or that they should rest every seventh day. And there's no evidence of anybody in the book of Genesis ever resting on the seventh day other than the one time it says God rested from his work of creation on the seventh day. Um, so, but what's interesting to me is that here we have circumcision is considered higher than the Sabbath. It's more important to, to do that ritual even if it's on the Sabbath, then just to wait a day because the Sabbath is this all important, you know, from creation sort of a, of a thing. But, um, and Jesus, you know, he, he points this out that this is what they do. Um, there's not a, a, a to my knowledge, and, and I've read the whole Torah. I mean, there's no, there's no set command that says you must do it one way or the other. There's not, not a command that says you have to, you know, if it's the eighth day and that falls in the Sabbath, you got to still do it. Um, do the circumcision. Jesus just points out this is what they do and they don't have a problem with it, but now they have a problem with him, you know, healing on the Sabbath. So, but again, you know, but the other thing to, to see is that Jesus doesn't have a problem with it. He doesn't tell them you're violating God's law because you, you do the circumcision. He says, no, it's, it's, here's something you do. And, and he doesn't condemn it. He doesn't have any, any, uh, any problem with it. All right. Uh, we're going to look at the next thing here that Jesus says. This is in Matthew 12, uh, another one related to the Sabbath. It says, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry. And they began to pluck off heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, your disciples are doing what is not permitted to do on the Sabbath. So he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry 
and those with him, how he entered into the house of God and ate the bread of the presentation, which it was not permitted for him or for those with him to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple violate the sanctity of the Sabbath and are guiltless? But I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what it means, I want mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now this, this is rich. What, what, I mean, there's so much in what Jesus is saying here. Um, and, and it's, it's very powerful when you see all of the little, the little parallels. So first of all, Jesus points out that hunger, and really this is when he talks about mercy, this is what he's talking about. He's saying that hunger and people's needs are more important than the priest and the temple laws by taking by talking about David and the showbread. So when David and his men eat this bread, this consecrated bread that's not for them according to the law, he is not condemned because his and his hung, his men's hunger and the fact that there was you know ostensibly nothing else available was more important so so that was above the laws concerning the temple and the priests. Jesus points out that the priestly work of the temple is more important than the Sabbath by talking about how the priests violate the sanctity of the Sabbath and yet are guiltless. So the priests every every day and including on the Sabbath, they go and they offer sacrifices. They do their normal work every day, including the Sabbath. Um, and he said, Jesus says this is violating the sanctity of the Sabbath, yet they are guiltless. Um, so again, so this work in the temple is at a higher level, is more important than observing the Sabbath rest. Um, and then Jesus goes on to say that he is greater than the temple and the disciples are likewise guiltless for plucking grain on the Sabbath. Um, just like the, the priests are guiltless, his disciples are guiltless. Um, and then also Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. So here we, we see a hierarchy. We see Jesus at the top. Then the next highest consideration is hunger, people's needs, mercy. You know, he, he goes, even goes back and talks about like what Samuel did, mercy and not sacrifice. Um, you know, that like, like what uh, I think Isaiah actually said that. Um, but yeah, hunger, people's needs, mercy, that's at the next level. And then, then you have the laws concerning temples and priests. And finally, the Sabbath. The Sabbath is at the lowest level of, of it, all these things that are being discussed. And and it's interesting because, you know, what was this, what was the one thing over and over that the the Pharisees and, and such were, were on Jesus' case about was the Sabbath. They had everything flipped upside down to what, as far as what was important. So, um, yeah, very, very powerful uh, statements there. So Jesus goes on in, in Matthew to say, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Because you pay a tenth of mil, mint and dill and cumin and neglect the more important matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. 
it was necessary to do these things while not neglecting those. Blind guides who filter out a gnat and swallow a camel. So, you know, Jesus points out that this tithing, again, this is, this is good and, and they should, con- they, they should be doing that. It's, it's, it's part of the law. So Jesus is not, you know, teaching anything against doing those things, but he again points out, you know, you neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. So justice, mercy, and faithfulness, again, more important than in this case, in this case, tithing, um, you know, these other matters of the law. So, um, so yeah, it's, 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 once again, we see, we see what's really important, um, concerning obedience to God here. Now, um, just some reflections here. So, uh, we're getting through this this material a lot faster than I thought we would, so we're, we're actually almost finished. And so I might have some other some sort of comments on what we're going to do going forward after this. But uh, so at this point, we're, we haven't really gotten into the Torah itself. We're we're kind of looking at inspired commentary on the Torah. We're looking at what prophets have said, what Jesus said about the Torah, and it's interesting. These are some texts that aren't really discussed you know um and when if you do a you know google search or a youtube search or something and you you search for you know should christians keep the law or what or you know what's christians relation to old testament laws or law of moses you're going to get a lot of responses from those in the hebrew roots movement and torah observance folks that are just going to say well, we should just be doing it just like, like ancient Israel did. That's what we should be doing. And that, and it's just, it doesn't really get any deeper than that. Um, or on, on the other side, you, you'll get folks who simply say something along the lines, well, Jesus fulfilled the law, therefore we can ignore it. And, and we just listen to Jesus now. And it's just that simple. And, and the problem is we don't, both of those ignore huge swaths of scripture. And what I have seen when it comes to those who, who say we, we, we need to observe the Torah just as ancient Israel did, there's, there's a missing, you know, there's this missing element of, okay, but what about when Jesus says that there's more important matters? You know, he seems to think that there is a difference between tithing and Sabbath keeping and and temple worship and all of that versus mercy and justice. Um, Those are those are different to Jesus. And shouldn't they be different to us if we're going to walk as Jesus did, if we're going to listen to Jesus, if we're going to obey Jesus? Shouldn't we understand things the way he does? And he sees that there's a difference. Um, so some laws are more important. Also, you know, every time that someone is condemned for only keeping part of the law, it is because they neglect justice and mercy while, while they keep other you know, religious commands. There's a corollary truth here in that not one time is justice and mercy condemned because someone was not doing the religious stuff right? Now, there are certainly 
parts of of you know in the old testament where god says you don't you know you neglect my sabbaths you haven't you know there there's there's things where where they weren't keeping these these religious parts of the law and and god did you know tell them they were being disobedient for that so it's it's again not that they were okay not to do those things but what we never see is anything like what isaiah said in in isaiah chapter 1 you know where he says he doesn't just say you know god speaking through isaiah doesn't just say you know you are disobedient people it's good that you keep the festivals but you just you don't do justice and mercy which is more important he doesn't say it that way he says i hate your new moons and your sabbaths and i will not listen to your prayers he he judges the religious activity because justice and mercy are are gone because they're violating justice among you know they're 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 sinning against each other you know that they're and and this this goes back again to what we talked about last week when we looked at genesis what did we see we saw that there was that things that were regarded as sins things were just described as sins without commands in the text were things like murder adultery theft kidnapping um bearing false witness those type those things were considered worshiping other gods um which is a religious thing but it, it, these are things that were said okay god judges them for these things or, or they're just described as sins or they're you know the context clearly you know uh presents them as sins but there's no direct command but then the direct commands what what are most of those direct commands there are things like noah build an ark abram you know abraham sacrificed isaac you know that abraham come go to this land that i'll show you uh, things like that and again there is some overlap there's there's some dietary stuff in there which of course is changed then so there's 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 all these there's these two sorts of presentation we see in Genesis, one of sins that are still, everybody still agrees are sins today, and one of commands that are, that pretty much everybody, you know, for the most part of those commands, pretty much everybody thinks, oh yeah, yeah, those are specific to those people. You know, God doesn't expect me to, you know, live out everything that God told to Abraham and Noah and all these people. So, so we see that those differences and those differences continue. The whole law is given in the Torah. And then in the divine commentary on the Torah, we see that, that things regarding justice and mercy, which we see are described as sins in Genesis are then also described as um you know as as sins and, and then and then continue to be to be considered sin and are considered more important than a different category stuff that's religious and in genesis the other category is stuff that's specific to specific people so 
we're going to see how that relates when we, you know, next week when we, we really dig into it. But, you know, the fact is that again, no one, God never says, I hate your justice. I hate your mercy. I hate that you always show justice to the poor and the rich equally. And I hate that you do all this, you know, equal treatment of people and equal weights and measures. I hate all of that because you, you know, don't, you, you don't celebrate Passover the right way or something. You know, the flip side doesn't ever happen because one type of law is definitely more important than the other. Um, so if there are, and, and so the, what we see is that if there are hierarchies, if some things are more important, then there's a difference. There is a difference there. It's a real difference. Um, once again, the, and, and I want to come back to this, I've, and I put it up before, the summary of my position in this series, what I'm sort of aiming at in a general sense, is that all people everywhere are obligated to obey what God commands them to do. Some of God's commands have always been universal and so always will be. Some of God's commands were for a time or specific audience. These laws are subject to change according to God's plan. Scripture teaches which are which and how to tell the difference and in what way some laws have changed at various times, but most notably in Christ. Um, so notice that this summary I'm working with, it doesn't really say anything specific about moral, ceremonial, civil kind of commands. Um, and this is because regardless of the type of command, if God commanded you to do something, then you're morally obligated to perform it. So in a sense, I mean, if, if you're Abraham and God tells you, go to this land, I will show you, you have to obey that morally because God told you to do it. Um, so if it applies to you, it's all moral in a sense. Um, but if it, but there are different types of laws and not every command God ever gave anyone applies to everyone. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's some, there, my point is there are some ways in which words can be, can have different shades of meaning or different range of meaning. And it's, it, it can get cumbersome to just sit there and define all of our terms. Um, what I would rather do is, is talk about the concepts and give it, give it a title, whatever you want, um, or whatever makes sense to you. And we'll talk about this in a little more detail here in a minute. I, with, with what time I have. Um, but we, what we see is that the distinctions are real. The distinctions between moral, ceremonial, civil, these we're going to see these are definitely real. Um, we could replace them with other labels. Uh, we'll see that there's some overlap, especially how things are presented in Scripture. Um, next time, we're going to talk about how the Torah distinguishes between different laws. We'll define what, what I mean when I'm talking about these different laws or different types of law um, as Scripture presents them. And uh, whether you like the labels or not, we're going to see that they define, you know, what they define, what those labels pick out are actually there in Scripture. They, we, will, we will show that. And, um, and those distinctions do have ramifications for us. Um, and one thing I want to point out regarding that, just sort of as a, 
as a preface for next week. Um, next week, we're going to be digging into what do these terms mean? But I, I want to preface it by saying, you know, talking about the different ways people describe laws. Um, up to this point in this series, I've, and even in my summary statement, I use some different terms. I say things like universal law. What is that? Um, uh, I say things like specific law, you know, for specific people. What is that? Um, how does that relate to things like moral ceremonial civil? I've also heard, um, you know, there's uh, conditional law. Um, so I've, I've done some writing and some other videos and things talking about uh, things like the civil law. A lot of the civil law comes to us in the form of like, if then, if this happens, here's how you're to respond. Um, a lot of the civil, you know, what, when, you know, and, and just to give these some rough definitions mm -hmm. as, as a preface, you know, if I say moral, I mean that which I, it's the same as universal. It's what has always been binding on everybody, you know, always since before Moses, after Moses, now, always. Um, it never changed. It was always there. Um, when I talk about ceremonial law in the law of Moses, I'm talking about religious rituals and things that were specific to Israel and um, served a specific redemptive purpose in the plan of God. And due to the coming of Christ and the new covenant and all that, that there's been a change in how we sort of approach those laws. Civil laws, the general definition of those are, are laws concerning sort of the civil governance of Israel, of ancient Israel. However, there's a, and, and this is what's going to be important, and, and I'll go over this a little bit more next time, but just to give you an idea, and I, and I'm, I want to give this to you because I want, I want to establish something before we even get into that episode, and that is that there is... There are, there's no way anyone could argue with the fact that there are conditional laws in the Torah. And by conditional, I mean, if then, if this happens, then this is how you are to respond to that. If someone kidnaps someone, you're to put that person to death. If someone steals something, then you're to enforce that person making restitution back to the person that they stole from. If then. Um, what, when I talk, when I, and just in my general way that I talk about these laws, because so many of the civil laws have that character, when I talk about civil laws, that's what I'm going to really be referring to are, are laws that are sort of an, if then conditional nature, as opposed to, for example, you know, you shall not commit murder, you know, just simple commands that say, do this or don't do this. It's sort of an, an if then. And that if then is important because in, in the civil governance the of Israel, it's a it's important. Like if this happens, this is how you respond. If someone commits this type of crime or this type of sin, like this is what the authorities are supposed to do, all of that. Um but here's what no one and and, and even if you you totally think I'm completely wrong and that oh no these are just man-made distinctions um you're just making stuff up you cannot deny 
absolutely cannot deny that some laws in the Torah are conditional in nature. If this happens, then this is how you respond. And some laws are not. Right? So you have two different, you have at least those two different kinds of laws, right? You have laws that you're supposed, you know, that te taught Israel how to respond to certain circumstances and laws that just simply issued a simple command, you know, do this or don't do this. But then you have the ones that say, if this happens, this is how you respond. These are two different types of laws. Um, and they're very different. And because most of the civil laws fall under the second type, um, that's why I kind of refer to them as civil laws. Well, here's the issue. You, you just simply can't argue with that. You cannot argue that, no, all the laws are exactly the same. Well, some are conditional and some are not. I mean, pick, pick any label you want to call those, to describe those two different groups. They exist. The groups exist. And as we're going to see, whether you call it ceremonial or religious or redemptive or ritualistic, laws there's there's a way that you can see it in the text how those laws are also distinguished from other laws and whether you call them moral or universal or creation laws you know just that are by the nature of, of creation and how god made us um you're going to see that that really that, that those laws are, are, are also um, different than, than the others. So the, the Torah itself makes these distinctions. And that's what I'm excited to, to go over with you guys. So um, that's pretty much what I have for today. Um, as always, I'm down for doing some question and answer uh, period here. Um, so if you have any questions, stick them in the chat and we will go over those with you. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up my stuff here to see what I've got so far. So it looks like I do have something coming in here. So question from Misty Tarleton. Um, wasn't it an abomination though, because their heart wasn't right? Like how does that affect the law? What's more important, keeping the law of Moses or the law of Christ is the principle the heart so um i think you're referring back to what i was talking the the text i read in uh isaiah where he he talks about the law you know the um he he says incense it is an abomination to me in uh isaiah 1 13 well yeah, I, I agree. I think it is a matter of the heart. I mean, uh, you know, Dave, what David said, you know, sacrifice that you accept is a is a contrite heart. So I, I think it's it's not that it affects the law. It's not as though when Isaiah speaks here that he's saying something has changed and now God no longer wants any sacrifices or any Sabbaths or, you know, Isaiah isn't repealing the ceremonial law here. Um, what Isaiah is saying is that because 
because of that lack of obedience in those more important areas because they they trample on mercy um in fact i think uh, let me actually look that up here because um, i wanted to talk about more of that chapter because it is it's some powerful stuff but um let me see if I can show you this. So the very next verse, or very next verse is there. Um, it says, so we read up to verse 15, your hands, you know, your hands are full of blood, but then look what it says going on. It says, wash, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. So again, what is, what is being commanded here is, is, is this justice, this, that they had been unjust toward one another. And so it, that made the the observance of religious stuff including prayers a stench to god that's that's something that you know and the fact that prayers are included that that's something that we should really think about you know cuz i'm i do believe that the under it with jesus and under the new covenant we have we have new ceremonial law you know we have baptism we have um the lord's supper these this is ceremonial law that as believers as christians we are expected to observe i don't believe for one minute that a an unbeliever a non-christian is going to stand before the throne if you know if he dies unbelieving he's not going to stand before the throne and be judged for not having gotten baptized or for the fact that he didn't observe the Lord's Supper. No. I mean, he's going to be judged for his other sins, the other ways that he disobeyed God. It's He's not expected to do those ceremonial things that we're expected to do as, as believers. Um, so, but when we, but then, you know, what does Paul say about observing the Lord's Supper? You know, in and, and I don't, you know, I could look it up. I don't remember the exact chapter, but, you know, he talks about, you, you know, don't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. If you're, if you're doing all this other stuff, you know, um, if you're, everybody was eating and, you know, taking from one another and it wasn't, they weren't really focused on Jesus because of it. Um, same thing, you know, same thing. And he says, some have fallen asleep, you know, that some have died taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. It's it's a perfect parallel with what we see here in Isaiah one. That yeah, it is a hard issue. It is it's an obedience to the the more important matters of of what God wants from us. Um, as as far as that goes. All right. So I hope that answered the question. Um, okay. So let's see another question. From Missy, it says, what about the, looks like it says HMR, I'm guessing HRM, Hebrew Roots Movement Believer, who agrees there's a hierarchy. What are the implications of this? Can they believe both? Well, I think if, I think a, a person, uh, you know, who believes in Torah observance, you know, Hebrew Roots Movement, however they 
define themselves or label themselves. If they, they could technically could agree with this, everything I've just about everything I've said today about the hierarchy and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, because in, in all of it, I haven't said, and, and I don't think that the law itself says, therefore don't do the things that are lower on the hierarchy. Um, I think that there's a tendency to, to get thing for, you know, to get things upside down, just like the Pharisees did, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not always happening. You know, it's not, it's not a necessary consequence of, of their, their theology. The, the problem is if, if you, if you acknowledge what is absolutely plain that we've seen today. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not teaching this to really go after any particular, um, belief system I disagree with. Again, this is more of a, this is more of a positive presentation on what I think that the Bible is positively saying that as far as our relationship to the law of Moses and all that, um, so there may be parts of it that that agree with people that I disagree with in, in other areas. I do think that that there's there's a a problem if if they do allow for the fact that there's a hierarchy that that some laws are more important than other laws, and that you know sometimes sometimes you can't even keep two of the same you know two laws at the same time. You have to you have to pick one. Um, if you allow for that, then what you're saying is that you you believe that there are differences and distinctions within the law of Moses. It's not all the same. And if it's not all the same, you know, that doesn't tell us for sure what those differences are. But then you can't come back and say, if I, you know, like I'm going to do next week or next next time, if, if we do this next week, um, what I'm going to say next time that here are the, the ways you can determine, you know, moral, ceremonial, civil, and, and, and the implications of that. You can't come back and say, oh, well, there's no differences. You know, you're just making that up. Well, no, we already established there are differences. We established that today. Today didn't establish what those differences are. But here's how I can draw out from Scripture how it explains those differences you know, let's, let's hear your way of, of explaining those differences if, you know, speaking to someone uh, from that movement. So again, not to say they absolutely couldn't do that. Um, you know, perhaps they could, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right that, that there's not a, this isn't, this episode today is not a, a hard refutation of, of any, any particular other view. Um, all right. Uh, next question. This is from AG survival. Uh, question, what would be the answer to someone who says, well, in Christ, we have to follow the Torah and love, mercy, justice, etc." Okay. I think I kind of answered that. I mean, it's, it's essentially the same as Missy's question. Um, you know, what would we say to someone who says that we're supposed to do all of it? Well, then that's, that's really what next, next time is going to be about, um, that, once you acknowledge that there are differences and, and the hierarchy, you'll notice um, what we all, I mean, we all agree. Let me put it this way. I think that both sides of this debate between like the Torah observant person and, and myself or, or other Christians, we all 
pretty much agree, you know, maybe with some slight variances about specific laws, but that we all agree about what we say is moral versus ceremonial, that kind of stuff. Not, you know, whether we're right or not is, is what's at the disagreement, but we're not in disagreement about, you know, what, what the people who do acknowledge those differences say. Um, so the, the, what today's teaching really establishes is that, look, some laws are more important than others. And look, it's always moral laws that are more important than ceremonial laws every time, every single time. Now, if, if you're a Torah observant person who says, well, I don't believe there's a difference between moral and ceremonial. Okay, okay, fine. You know, we haven't established that at this point. We've just established that everything that I say is a moral law is more important than everything that I say is a ceremonial law. Um, now, you don't acknowledge there's a difference, but you can see that these laws, which I call moral, are more important than these laws, which I call ceremonial. So, so you, you have to acknowledge because the text is just, it's right on the surface. You have to acknowledge these laws are more important than these laws. Why? I have an, I have an answer for that. I, I, I believe the scripture tells us. But what I would ask that Torah observant person, why do you think justice and mercy are more important than these religious laws? Um, why is that? What, why aren't they the same? And, and see what they say. I, I don't know. I haven't asked any of them what, what they would say, but um, that, that's kind of how I would, uh, what I would ask. All right. Um, another question from AG Survival. So, so when Paul teaches in Galatians that the law was a tutor to lead us to Christ, was Paul referring to Torah observances specifically? Um, I think, so, you know, he's talking about the Torah. I think he's talking specifically about what we would call ceremonial law. And I think that there is a way. Now, it's not that he, it, it's not that, and, and this is why I'm very careful the way that I express this. Um, moral law, there's, there's overlap. There's definitely overlap between that, which is you know, what I call universal law, which is really the same as moral, but, but I want you to think of it in terms of it's always been there and it's always been for everybody. It was there in the garden and it, it's still there today. It will, it will be there as long as people are people. Um, that law was, that was always there was also, it, it overlaps with the law of Moses. It was also in the law of Moses. You know, God said, put all that stuff, put that stuff in there too. Um, and, and so, but, but we aren't today, we aren't obligated to that law just because it was in the law of Moses. Um, it's always, we've always been obligated to that since before there was a law of Moses and, 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 and all of that. So, I think that when when Paul is talking in Galatians about the law, he is talking about the whole law of Moses. He's not just talking about part of it, but it, what he's saying only impacts part of it because because you you could take away the whole law of Moses, you would still have all the moral law because it was already there. Is is I think is is how Paul's looking at it. so so he's talking about the whole law, but but the only part it really affects is things like circumcision and stuff like that. Um, 
so I, I, I hope that answers your question. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by Torah observances. I, I'm assuming, again, you're referring to ceremonial type stuff. Uh, question here from Misty again uh, is, can they believe that all laws are not for everyone as you've proven, and I know Zach teaches, and also believe that the law of Moses given to the nation of Israel isn't for that nation. Um, I don't. I don't think so. But I. I think that. Um, so let me rephrase your question because it. 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 Uh, you know there are. Yeah. The, there's no question that some. Some commands we see God give in the Bible are to specific people and not to everyone in the world. Um, and that's, that's obvious. But then, you know, can they also believe the law of Moses, you know, was for everybody? Well, you know, they, understandably, I think, um, will often say that, well, the law of Moses is something more than just like God telling Abraham to go to a you know, go from here to there, you know, that the, the law of Moses is, is obviously something much greater, much, um, you know, is different from that. But again, um, what I would say, what I would say to that is, well, okay, but if you acknowledge that there's a difference, you know, that, that some commands aren't for everybody, now you have to establish the command, you know, that, that a command is for everybody. And as we will see, you can't, you can't always do that. <laughs> it, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, yeah. Uh, next, next time is going to be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and, and getting into that stuff with you guys. So, uh, I, let me double check the chat here. See if there are any, um, more recent questions that have come in doesn't look like it so um you guys i appreciate you guys being here once again uh it's it, this is uh, i'm very excited about this series for a couple of reasons and and i want and, and anybody listening you know this is something i i hope that you share with people uh that you talk to um whether they're they're in the hebrew roots movement or or whether they're just they seem kind of confused about uh, what should we do? How should we, you know, handle the law of Moses and stuff like that? I, I, I'd say go listen to this, this, uh, series. I've, I've started a playlist for this series. Um, and because it, this is what I hope it is when it's finished is, is a more or less comprehensive look at that whole subject. So, so that, um, really anybody who, who disagrees, they, which is fine. They can, they, we, I have something to point to and say, look, this is what I actually believe. I mean, you can, you can paint all the caricatures you want about people who disagree with you. Um, that's not what I believe. Here's what I actually believe. Um, and this is what I, I think that the, the, um, you know, reformers and other people, um, Christians, down through history have believed um this isn't anything really new um i think that what this series is going to do is maybe package it in a little bit of a, a novel way because i am coming at it thinking about um 
you know, movements like the Hebrew Roots Movement and, and stuff and, and the arguments they make um, to try to show how this position really does answer uh, that movement and those those arguments. So uh, with that, um, I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, look forward to next week and look forward to seeing you at that time. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Beginning of Wisdom podcast. You can follow Andrew Schumacher and the ministry at beginningwisdom.org, where you can find links to the YouTube channel and follow on social media. Sign up for email alerts to never miss new content. Please like, share, and rate the episode if it has blessed you. God bless and always be ready.